a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry in a great mood today. I hope you are as well. The weekend is bearing down on us, and I believe that you and I are in for some fun in this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. There have been some developments on the mask-wearing situation here in the state of Utah. You know there's been some uncertainty as to whether or not there would be those in government at various levels taking steps to compel the wearing of masks. Well, the mayor of Salt Lake County, Jenny Wilson, she very recently made a request of the governor to have the authority to enforce the wearing of masks in certain areas within the county of Salt Lake. Well, we have learned late last night that, in fact, that authority has been granted, and very soon that will be a requirement here in Salt Lake County. Uh, also, Summit County, uh, there will be a similar mandate. We're going to get into those details later on, as well as some of the reactions by individuals. I, I, I see this as a, a small government thing. You heard the governor talking yesterday, or the day, whenever, when the governor was most recently addressing the media, he made a point to say that his attitude is one where small government is better, the, the government closest to the people is best suited to respond to the needs uh, of that people. Typically, you hear that from Washington, you know, the, the conservative types in Washington saying that, uh, you know, we ought to be making more decisions at the more local of levels, referring to governors. Well, that attitude has been taken up by Governor Herbert, and he would like to push that down so that uh, at least those requesting it, presenting good arguments and rationale, in this case, uh, Mayor Wilson and the leaders of Summit County, they have been granted this authority to uh, to, to mandate the wearing of masks. And you may have strong feelings about that. I'm sure you do. Uh, I know I, that I do. You know, there have been some individuals weighing in. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into that, but uh, some of the reactions have been disconcerting, and I'll share those with you later on. I would be interested to know how you feel about this. First off, if you are a Salt Lake or Summit County resident, do you intend to comply with these mandates? I'll tell you, as I ask that question, I do. I, I'm a Salt Lake County resident, and I will be complying with that. In fact, uh, regardless of whether or not the mayor was empowered to put this mandate in place, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I've been wearing the mask anyway, and I would have continued to do so whether or not there was a mandate in place. So anyway, 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Weigh in on that. I'd like to hear your thoughts. We're going to go into greater detail about this mask scenario later on, just after 1.30. Right now, though, I'd like to spend a few moments talking to you about a new commission which has been formed by Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. You know, there have been, not, not sure if you've noticed, but there have been some protests around the country. Yeah, some of them right here in Utah. You remember the, the big night of protests came on the night of May 30th. 
Yeah, I was here with you for about five hours narrating everything that I was seeing in the city of Salt Lake. It was, uh, it was a harrowing night. I'll tell you what, some history was made. We saw things transpire in the streets of Salt Lake City that I have never before seen here. Did you ever think when you woke up the morning of uh, May 30th that you would go to bed to images of an overturned police car inflamed, burning in the street? Yeah, uh, me neither. Well, that behavior came the same night that there were a, a number of individuals out in the street protesting, calling for uh, an end to police violence uh, and a rooting out of systemic racism uh, amongst police forces across the country. Well, we have heard from many in the African-American community, and we have had the opportunity to speak with people like Kamal Ahmad, the coach, uh, Coach K, and he has let us know that at least from his perspective, that here in Utah, that we are doing all right. That we are doing all right. That there is uh, sufficient understanding and uh, caring and equality and such like that and fair treatment uh, on the part of law enforcement with regard to uh, minority communities. That's his observation. Well, the, the, the mayor of Salt Lake City would like to know for sure. And so it was announced yesterday that she would be forming a new commission a commission on racial equity in policing. A new Salt Lake City advising body whose job it will be to make recommendations to city leaders on the city's policies, uh, budget, and also the culture of policing. She calls it a reckoning. Society has finally reached a point of reckoning with racism. But here's the question, why now? Recent tragedies in our nation have been a catalyst for movement that calls on us to finally, directly address the overt racism and implicit bias that affects the ability of people of color to move freely in our country and access the opportunities to which every single American should be entitled. This address to the media and others yesterday undertaken by Mayor Mendenhall took place at the International Peace Gardens. You ever, you ever been out there? I was there relatively recently. I tell you, sometimes I go jogging after jogging, running. Running's the word. We'll get into that debate later. I went running uh, a short time ago after uh, one of the programs, and I, I stumbled upon this International Peace Garden for the for the first time. It's a neat it's a neat place. If you ever have time, uh, go out there and check that along the Jordan River. Interesting place. And she yesterday there made the announcement of this new commission. It will be made up uh, in its early stages uh, of six core members. In fact, we'll be speaking with one of those core members in the segment upcoming. This is uh, Reverend France Davis, Pastor Emeritus of the Calvary Baptist Church here in Utah, as well as other faith and minority leaders among the community, six of them. Now, this is serious business for this reason. This is how I know that the mayor is taking this seriously. When I first heard that it was a commission being formed to just give recommendations, I thought, okay, that's, that's, that's very nice. You hear a lot about these advisory boards, and they are in the news, certainly on the day of their announcement, but then they later fade, uh, and you, you don't really remember them. You don't hear from them. You never learn what they do. But this one may be a bit different. Here is why. The city council earlier this month made changes to the city's police budget and placed more than $5 million 
in a holding account to help fund recommendations born from this new commission. So if you understand the, the general mission of this advisory commission is to take a look at racial equity and policing, specifically in Salt Lake City right now. If it spreads to other communities, other jurisdictions, we'll have to see. But right now, the mayor's announcement is that just within her city, Salt Lake, there will be this commission, which will make suggestions, recommendations, not only to the chief of police, but also to the mayor. And some of those recommendations may cost money. And there's money to pay for it. Five million dollars, in fact. The mayor continued talking about what will come moving forward. In Salt Lake City, the mandate is clear to us. We must confront systemic racism and take meaningful, sustainable action. Lastly, she spoke about what the commission will be doing. This commission is charged with examining our police department's policies, budget, and culture. The work will be inclusive of the spectrum of community voices, and the process and results will be transparent. While we've asked these community leaders to help us launch this effort, it is not a commission that will be driven by elected officials or the city establishment. We are unleashing this commission to be a true voice of the community and expect them to inform and advise us, even when what they're telling us may be hard to hear and maybe even harder to change. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we'll be speaking with one of the appointed members of this commission, Reverend France Davis, Pastor Emeritus of Calvary Baptist Church here in Utah. My guest next, Reverend Davis on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. First segment of today's program, we looked at the announcement made by Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall as she unveiled at noon yesterday the Commission on Racial Equity in Policing. This new advising body will take on the task of making recommendations to city leaders on the city's policy, budget, and its culture of policing. Right now, in the earliest stages of this commission, there are six core members. They were all present yesterday for the unveiling of this commission and to talk to us right now and give us a better understanding of what is in store for this commission and what visions he may have for its efforts is one of those members, one of those six core members of this newly formed commission. Joining me on the line is Reverend France Davis, Pastor Emeritus of Calvary Baptist Church. Reverend Sir, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing very well. Hey, I, I have to tell you, yesterday on the program, your daughter-in-law joined us as uh, here on KSL, we focused a number of hours on race relations here in Utah. And I have to tell you that she was well-spoken. She was clear. Uh, she opened my eyes to a, a number of new understandings. So uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for that. And please pass along to her my appreciation for her service to uh, this station and this community just yesterday. Will do. Thank you. Let's now talk about this commission. 
you, when you were first approached to be one of these core members, what, what, what were the goals that were described to you? Uh, the goals were to uh, take a look at uh, what is happening in terms of policing in Salt Lake City uh, to ensure that uh, the uh, death of a person similar to what happened in Minnesota would not be uh, done legally here in Utah. Now, I understand that uh, that there's been some money set aside to implement some of the recommendations to come from this new commission. Is the assumption at the onset that, that there is systemic racism amongst law enforcement in Salt Lake City, or is the commission's initial goal to find out whether or not that's the case? Well, the, the initial goal is to find out, uh, to gather information and see if it is the case, and if it is, to make recommendations about uh, what to do to keep it from uh, continuing, if it is. You've been a very prominent member of this community for, for some time, sir. In your observations, have you uh, observed systemic racism in Utah or in Salt Lake City's law enforcement? I think there is, uh, and, and I think that uh, the uh, present chief, uh, along with the council and the mayor, are appropriate in finding a way to uh, make sure that uh, whatever is inappropriate is no longer done. What, what will be uh, what will be on the agenda day one when this commission convenes? Well, day one would be to find out, uh, as you suggested earlier, about what the budget is, uh, to uh, find out more about the support. Currently, we know that there is the support of the mayor and two of the council and uh, the police chief. Uh, And then after that, to uh, take a look at uh, what officers are being trained to do and uh, whether that training is sufficient or insufficient. I see. Uh, Right now, do you think it is sufficient or or insufficient? Well, I think it uh, is currently, but uh, once we take a look at it in depth, then we'll know better. I see. Uh, Have you had yet uh, occasion or opportunity to speak with the other members, uh, the other core members of this commission? Do you, do you know how regularly you will meet or where you'll meet, anything like that yet? Uh, we have one meeting uh, planned, uh, and that will be next week. Uh, but other than that, the others are not planned, and so we don't know how regular we'll meet or what we'll even talk about. I have not talked to uh, the other members of the commission. I see. What's your relationship like with Chief Brown? How do you think that uh, interactions between the commission and the chief will be as this goes forward? Well, we've had uh, several interactions with the chief, all positive, uh, for the last several years. And uh, most recently, we've had a number of them because of the uh, racial pandemic that's going on across the country. So I think it'll be a positive relationship. I think it'll work nicely. And it'll allow us to make whatever recommendations for change need to be made. Will your commission, do you anticipate, have much interaction with the uh, the, the Civilian Review Board, which uh, on occasion reviews uh, allegations leveled against uh, officers of the Salt Lake City Police Department? 
not that I'm aware of. That uh, review board is designed to, when there's a problem, to uh, deal with that. If a person is uh, violence happens or is shot or if something happens that ought not to have happened. So that board will continue its work as far as I know. All right. Uh, well, uh, Reverend, I am grateful to you for your time here. I'm grateful to you for your service on this commission. I look forward to speaking to you again as uh, as the work commences in earnest and you look and learn and make recommendations. I wish you the very best. Thank you. Great. We've been appointed, and now we need to de- have defined uh, what it is that we need to be doing, uh, and we'll be doing that starting at our first meeting. Outstanding. Very good. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you. In just a moment, we are going to take a break, and when we return, uh, we're going to be looking at this issue of monuments. I've touched on this a a few times, that being the desire for so many around this country to uh, topple down monument. That has come almost as a, a, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but those uh, individuals who have taken to the streets and uh, made their voices heard through signs and chants and uh, those who have called so much attention to the, the very issue that brought about the formation of this commission. They have turned their attention in small part to the toppling of monuments and statues around this country. And I haven't spent too much time focusing on those monuments. The the truth is to uh, appropriately discuss them, you have to go into the history of all of each and every monument. You have to, if you're able, uh, make contact with those who uh, are, are doing the toppling. And you don't want to get things wrong. You know, you don't, you don't want to generalize. But more and more, as I keep an eye on uh, the, the different statues that are being pulled over or toppled, uh, you know, you, you've seen the, the footage where these protesters will hurl a, a rope up, uh, get it around the shoulders or the neck of the statue, and then in a, a coordinated effort, one, two, three, heave, and pull the thing down to the ground, cheering as it comes to land next to its pedestal. I I understand the frustration. But what I don't understand is how how these statues are able to be toppled uh, with zero research into into their establishment. Now what am I getting at? There's a new there's a new effort to bring down a statue in Washington DC. It's called the Emancipation Memorial. It's in Lincoln Park. It's in, uh, it's in Washington, D.C., as I said. You may not have seen it. It's, it's a little off the beaten path. If you go to Washington, D.C., you, you likely spend uh, most of your time there near the White House on the National Mall visiting Congress. You'll see the Library of Congress as well as the Supreme Court. Uh, you, you might not make your way all the way out to Lincoln Park to see the Emancipation Memorial. Well, there are those in Washington right now who would like to see that statue removed. In fact, uh, law enforcement just yesterday had to uh, keep a massive group at bay, preventing them from toppling it over, these groups of protesters uh, with their tools and their ropes and such to bring these monuments down. This one, this one has gotten under my skin. This one shows clear ignorance on the part of these protesters. If they had any idea the history of this memorial, 
they would be ashamed of themselves for working to bring it down. I'm going to share with you that history next. I'm going to share with you the words spoken by Frederick Douglass on the day of its dedication. Next on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.